Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin, but they still reveal things to us as they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table. The story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome back to Bone Thrower's Theater. My name is Jeff, and I'm playing Isaac and Delta Zed, Wonder Kid and Robot. My name is Mike. I am playing Thogar, the Red Amazon. My name is Jeremy, playing Ken Costigan, the Heavy Marine. This is Johnny, playing Keel, the Moon Man. And I'm Jordan. I am playing the lead narrator for this one-shot edition of Bone Thrower's Theater. We are on our second round of Cosmic Patrol, and we're having a real blast. This is actually from the pre-written adventure Comet of Mystery. Uh, so straight from the handbook there. They have like three or four of these adventures in the back of the book, and I think it's a really handy little tool to see how they write adventures and, and everything like that. And also, it's pretty fun to play as well. So as we left off, you all were trying to match trajectory with a mysterious comet that was sending out an odd message. When you looked at the signals that was sending out on the spectrograph, it was... It looked like an electrocardiogram followed by a burst of static. There were repeated bursts that were happening at regular intervals. And also, there seems to have been something that noticed you all are following him on the comet because things are starting to fly towards the ship. The ship has been hit once and it's caused a lot of damage and the ship is having a hard time matching the velocity of the meteor. It's just going super fast. So... Isaac was actually working on trying to install some extra juice to the system to make sure that it would go fast enough. Now, somehow, Keel was put in charge of the cockpit and piloting uh, because he's definitely not the one who you would expect to be piloting. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't tried to like, grab the ship with his mind and just ram it forward. I understand the difference between mechanical and non-mechanical. Okay, fair enough. So, when we last left off, I believe it was with you. How far is the EVA room from engineering? We'll say that engineering is more towards the rockets. Okay. And EVA is about halfway between the fin end and the cockpit end. What would you like to do? I was just finishing getting the suits ready, and and when the ship rocks violently, I'm going to start putting mine on. Okay. Sounds good. Wise choice. <laughs> Not a fan of space. <laughs> <laughs> so, while you do that, you start to hear a hissing noise. It feels like there is something hissing out of the EVA door. The airlock is does not seem to be holding integrity. Oh my. So I will close the interior airlock door. Okay. And continue to put on my gear, making sure my axe is with me. Okay. Uh, so, go ahead and roll... Brains to close the door? Sure. You know, it makes the most sense. Five. Ten. Oh. So you hit the button to close the door, but it seems like the actual gears that close it, 
It's like, you know DS9, yep. how it has the rolling airlock doors? Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's gone and stopped. So you can't close the inner door and the hissing continues. That means it hit right near where you are. Yep. I assume I've not quite got my EVA suit on yet all the way, right? That's correct. You're still, like, oh, half-dressed. So, I, I imagine that you dress very similar to um, the Barbarian in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh, yeah. Drax. 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 Yeah, you dress a lot like yeah, that. absolutely. You know, just pants. Yep. <laughs> and an axe. Yep. Absolutely. Has, like, a satchel across one uh, yep. shoulder kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um so he is faced with this monumental decision on whether or not to save himself from what he feels is impending doom or close the airlock door and save the crew. Uh, since he has no idea how to work a robot, uh, as soon as in the EVA bay, he's going to uh, take the butt end of the axe and just kind of strike at the door at a sideways angle to try to get it jockeyed free. Okay, uh, that would be a brawn roll, or unless you have a specialty for your... I have Martian Axe Master. To me, that was more combative, but... Yeah. That sounds more okay, that sounds. Yeah. If that sounds a yeah, little think, too combative for Braun, you, I think Braun would be fine. I mean, they're the same rating, but okay, sounds good. A little different flavor. Six. I love it. I'm rolling so much better now. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now that you decided you to throw disasters, change out, of... out these dice. <laughs> yeah, you can use one of your plot points to make things go easier for you. What do the plot points do? Can I add a complication if I make it work, though? Pots can take twists you never saw coming, a rogue rocket full of space Amazons, that hidden button that does something, the wild Raygon blast at the wrong moment. Plot points can make all these happen. Plot points may be used in many ways during gameplay. In general, they are used to interrupt or alter another player's narration, a method to adding a twist to the game. But they can also be used to change player turn order, alter a die roll, or gain back a point of health. The way players may utilize plot points are only limited by how creative they want to be. <laughs> players will be earning and spending plot points throughout the game, and using some kind of tokens, like the poker chips, is the best method to track them. And we've got little flat marbles here as our tra trackers. However, players are free to use whatever system works best, where it's chips, dice, noting them down on a piece of paper, something like that. Players begin the game with three plot points and may be awarded more plot points by the lead narrator for a particularly good narration. We're on page 58 if you're looking this up in your rulebook. Players with no plot points are automatically given one at the beginning of their turn. It sounds like they act like hero points as we're used to in Mini 6. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To like change roles. Yeah. Like, for example, you just failed a roll mm -hmm. to like not get closed. So if you want to do that now, you can. If you want to continue. I'm going to. All right. I'm going to use a plot point. Fantastic. Um, and I see that there is a broken section of conduit that my helmet will fit perfectly in. Okay. And so I just take my helmet while I'm still pushing on the door and I jam my helmet up in there. It tingles a bit, <laughs> but I yeah. hold on and grunt through it and manage to push that door shut. So does this actually destroy your helmet? At the loss of my helmet. Okay. All right, so the ship has been shaking. You just saved the crew by making sure that the airlock closed properly. Jeremy, what are you? What do you want to do at this point? I'm gonna yell at uh, Keel. It's like, what was that? They're shooting at us. Shooting what? Something. <laughs> All right, tell me what to shoot. The only thing you can target easily would be the rock itself. Go ahead. Easily, and... I can target anything easily. 
That's his turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go, go ahead and roll. Um, do you have like anything special for like sensors or anything like that? No. no. Nope. Brains. Then. Brains. Go ahead and roll brains to sense if anything else. Uh, with a six. I rolled a two. Oh yes. So all of a sudden, the sensors are now picking up like heated blips just popping off, and you see like three of them in a row. Popping off the ship or popping off the comet? Popping off of the comet coming okay. towards you. Okay. Shoot that. All right. I'm shouting out three incoming. Okay. And I'm going to shoot it. At this point, uh, for combat, because this is essentially what this is, yeah. um, you only roll combat You only roll then. your combat die. Okay. And yeah, what would damage be for the ship gun? Yeah. We'll it's... say it's eight damage. Okay. Then. So just rolling the combat die. You can target pretty much anything. It's your thing. So we'll give you a plus two bonus for this. Okay. Four. Okay. Two. So you succeed on the first one. You manage to actually shoot the ray, and it actually knocks it off course. So it like starts heading away from the spaceship on a downward trajectory. So that one's just going to fly past you without without any damage. Okay. One down. All right. Number two. Ooh, three. Six. This one is going to get past you. In order to avoid it, you're going to have to make a piloting roll to, to get out of its way. That's 21. Well, I can only roll a d20. Yeah, so you're able to just dip the ship out of the way of the meteor, and it flies harmlessly by, but you, you've lost some velocity because now yeah. you have to re-angle the ship, so that makes it harder. Yes. All right, and now our third shot. 10. Uh, four. So you managed to hit that one square on and it just obliterates. I want to take in the, try to get a sense reading of what is the things that are being shot at us if I can. Okay. Six. Twenty. Uh, you cannot tell what these are. All right. Isaac, uh, let's go ahead and see what he's going to do for the repairs. Well, I'm just going to keep working the best I can. Yelling at these guys to stop the shaking. So you're just going to yell at the machinery? Stop! Please stop! <laughs> no, I'm going to yell at the rest of the crew. Stop this thing from shaking. Hold it steady. Well, that's what you were doing, was making it stop shaking. So now, I assume that we have enough compartments and rooms in this ship that this is over the intercom. Yes. 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 Okay. I'm imagining your rocket ship is about 120 meters long. That's really big. That's pretty big. Because you got to remember, the bottom quarter of the ship is all engine. Is all rocket. Yeah, she's mostly ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes a lot of fuel to fly this thing. What do we burn? Helium, which is completely non-flammable. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so actually, you break down water for your fuel source. We'll say that. Okay. No real science was used in the making of this podcast. No. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's not the point of Cosmic Patrol, though. You know? Cosmic Patrol, you're supposed to throw space in front of everything. Space wrench, you know? Space fuel. Space fuel, yes. We're using space fuel. You're supposed to use transcombobulators to fix things and stuff. Oh, like I that. do that all the time. Yeah, I know. Those are rare. So anyway, describe how you're going to try and fix... Because now you've got leaks going on because there's oil and cooling going everywhere. Your battery that you had originally installed, you stripped out when you caught on <laughs> trying to keep your balance. 
You like making my characters' lives miserable. I like making all of your characters' lives miserable. <laughs> I've made his life miserable. I made his life miserable. I made his life miserable. Yeah, I'm not picking on you. No. No, I know. But if you want me to. No. No, I'd rather you not. <laughs> so what are you going to do first? Stop the leaking. You have the, the oil, oil and, and cool and the coolant. What's in your toolkit that will allow you to stop the leaking? Robot spare parts and duct tape. <laughs> do you have any clamps? Do you have any? Well, yeah, I got clamps and drills and drivers and space duct tape and now, how extra you... hoses. And... Okay, so you do have extra hoses. Of course. Okay, go ahead and make your roll and describe how you want to go ahead and fix this. So you roll a seven. seven. Okay. Yeah. I rolled a fifteen. So describe what you were trying to do. I am going to use a plot point to succeed at this. To succeed at fixing one of your connections. So which one do you want to fix? Oil or cool? Yeah, the oil. Okay. <laughs> that one's far more important at the moment. So I cut off the damaged part, stretch in the new piece of hose, and clamp it into place, tighten it down, swipe it down real quick so it's not going to catch fire. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Within this universe, oil is not combustible. <laughs> That's right, because helium is what we use for fuel. It's actually oil that has been mined from the moon of Miranda that actually has non-combustible qualities. And only... We just crossed so many different universes with that comment. <laughs> it's an Easter egg. All right, Thogar, you are in a room that was decompressing, and you just got the door closed. But you're feeling lightheaded from the lack of oxygen. My room is still decompressing, though, right? Yes, your room is still decompressing. Uh, at this point, I have only to put on a helmet, since okay. mine is now destroyed. So I'm going to just grab another from another suit and put it on. Okay. Go ahead and roll brawn for that. Okay. Nine. I got 17. Dang. So you grab the helmet and you go to put it on. And as you go to click it into place, you realize that it was his suit. And he actually took off the ceiling ring that clicks into place. (laughs) (laughs) So that fishbowl just spins. (laughs) As it doesn't clamp, I'm just going to scowl and yell out at no one in particular. Isaac! It's over the intercom so everybody can hear it. What did I do? Throw that one on the ground and grab another. <laughs> you see another thing. Volley. Volley. Disattach. And this is only one. Only one. Only one. So I'm going to fire again. Is it coming from the same area as the antenna? No. These are more coming toward, like, from the top of it. The antenna is, like, in, going, the, tail. in the tail of the comet, looking yeah. like a flagellum on a cell, kind of wiggling around. Mm-hmm. It looks like the things that are coming back at you, they look like they're coming from both the top and the bottom, like different sides of it. This one is coming from the top. So I'm going to shoot it. You're going to shoot it. Oof. With a three. I rolled a four. Ah, oh, man. Plot point. Plot point. I shoot it. You shoot it. Kiel, you've noticed that there is now, like, an increase in speed. It seems like at least fixing the oil has done something to give you a little bit more juice. But you're not going to be able to get as close as you need to be until yeah. he... If you want to try and make some kind of maneuver to at least shave off a few moments so Chase, you're more than welcome to do that. Alright, I want to get more of an above. Okay. Straight behind it, but above it. 
Okay, go ahead and make your roll. Ten. Five. You are able to do that. So you swoop up. Instead of a swoop, it'd be more like just a glide up to the top edge. Okay. You know, it seems that their missiles are coming from top or bottom. Mm-hmm. This way they can only target us with one. Right. All right. Isaac, the wonder child. Wonder king. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and fix the coolant line. And Okay. Plus 12, 20. Yeah, you succeed. Yay. Handling. I do pretty much the same thing. Cut off the broken sections. Splice them in the new hose between clamp the ends, tighten it down, clean it off, and then I move back over to inputting the battery power sources to help give it that extra oomph. The extra oomph. Let me go ahead and roll for that. Go ahead. 13. 13. 13, 13 and I got a 12, Ooh. so you beat me out. <laughs> Just yes. barely. Alright, so I'm getting it off connected. Dogar, you still have the outer door open. It's decompressing. You weren't able to get your helmet on previously. Yeah. I'm going to assume from the different character portraits that I'm not going to fit this robot, am I? No, he's much smaller. <laughs> the 13-year-old boy is much smaller than the than the barbarian. Little humans. You're probably about seven and a half feet tall, I would imagine. That's another reason why the spaceship has to be so big, is that they've got to let them the Martian Amazons be able to walk through without too much difficulty. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to attempt to grab another helmet and put it on. I only messed with Dicey. my helmet. Okay. There's broken uh, helmets floating everywhere. <laughs> Go ahead and give that a try. Braun. Shit decompresses yep. always, and you just okay. see like 50 helmets fly out the side. <laughs> 19. Good. I got a 6. You succeeded. Yay. You're so, not going to suffocate now. You're not going <laughs> to suffocate. <laughs> But something you do notice is you hear this and all of a sudden you see, you know those balls that you can see like at Spencer's where you touch them and the electricity just shoots out? One of those pops down. It's got two antennas sticking out of it and it's attached to a robotic Where'd that come from? Like as it enters into the atmosphere that's spewing out of the ship, you hear this... And two saws come into place as it drops into the, the hold of the ship. Ear to ear grin and go, it's a good day to die. And like, <laughs> take out my axe. It is, is this, this is over comms? Yeah, you hear, you, hear, you, hear this, you hear this buzzing noise and all throughout the entire ship you hear, it is a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's ominous. All right, Ken, what do you want to do? Oh, Ken hearing that over the comms. It's not about to let a firefight go down without his presence. <laughs> so he yells over comms, Isaac, get back up here. You got the guns. Oh. And he just takes off. <laughs> um, do I know that there's the it's suddenly hall of bridge? <laughs> go ahead and, and roll sensors to see if you look. I'm just seeing you with the alarms and whatnot. Man, so. Yeah, not a large enough crew. We're well, space patrolmen. We're cosmic patrolmen. You can do whatever you want. I rolled a 12 as well. You Ty know, goes to PCs. You see, you, <laughs> Ty goes to GM. No! <laughs> it's a happy world in Cosmo. <laughs> so, yeah, you can tell that there's some kind of alarm going on, but that's really inconsequential towards your end goal. You don't really care. Well, I do care if it's a whole breach because 
that would kill me. Well, you know, there's there are several alarms going off. Just recently, yeah, there was the alarm, alarm from saying the, that oil and coal. Oil leak, yeah. Then there's another one, but it seems like that's been taken care of because you see that the rest of the ship is maintaining pressure. But you don't, you can't really tell what's going on. Okay. Isaac, you just heard someone yell your name and say something about weapons. I just roll my eyes, uh, finish up what I'm doing, getting the juices right and checking the levels on the coolant and the oil and everything, making sure it's all double checking everything before running off to... Now, if I remember the description right, the bridge and the engine room yes. are at opposites and uh, airlock is in the middle. The EVA room, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I guess as you are running back towards the bridge, you see Ken rounding a corner with like three guns in his hands. And he's got a big, huge grin on his face <laughs> and just runs by. Ogar. So, we have a biped droid. Instead of hands, it has buzz saws. And then mounted in the middle of its thorax is like a head type of thing with two antennas. But the, the rest of the thorax goes up and around it. And it's, it's got like a helmet on top. And it looks like it wants to decompile you. Doesn't look friendly. No. So you hear this like winding up to come and attack you. Well, as an axe works for many situations, I charge in and <laughs> I'm just going to start filleting it open. So, I want to see the whites of its eyes. All right. You, you can see the glow of its energy source. We'll just put it that way. Muscle bags with help thought. So, Nothing uh, escapes the axe. So you are an axe master? Yes. So I have Martian axe master. Um, so that'll give you a plus one bonus to this. Okay. So six. Okay. I got a seven. <clears throat> so you go in to take a, a hefty swing at this. And it manages to halt its buzz saws and catch your blade on it. Now it's going to turn on the buzz saw and try and do a sweep across your stomach. Basically, open it up so all your guts fall out. It's because I love you. <laughs> I love yeah. my player. I understand we're in combat, and that you normally would just roll your combat die. Mm-hmm. But his special is the Martian, Martian. Master. Yeah. Right. So when you roll the D12 in the special, then no. If a special is Axe Master, mm-hmm. and that he can substitute that for the combat die. Okay. Like the West End D6 system is kind of a specialty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Killbot is going to try and cut into your tummy. So go ahead and roll your combat die. What'd you get? Two. <laughs> so did I. Tie goes to the PC. Mm-hmm. Tie goes to the Defender. Let's go ahead and roll off. We'll nullify that and say that we roll again. Three. Eight. So he manages to score across. He does four damage to your armor. Okay. That ends your turn. Ken, you have to get in, and he just manually banged that interior door closed. Put the helmet up in there and the conduit. And jammed it closed. So no way for you to open that door. So how are you going to get through the door to your comrade and <laughs> expose the rest of the ship? There's the back to the vacuum. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's I, like red lights on outside. Well, it's also a door that doesn't get closed unless there is a unless something's open. Yeah. So around the corner to red light flashing, my character's like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. 
And then when we come back, we will see what happens with the crew of the CPS Roddenberry. If you like dungeons with dragons in them, check out Asmosu. Phil, there's no dragons in these books. I'm trying to reach our target audience. Hi, everybody. I'm Metz. I'm Phil. And we're the hosts of Alzebo Soup, a literary podcast that focuses on analyzing long-form speculative fiction with a focus on the author Gene Wolfe. We really like to dig into the novels, going real slow and analyzing every little aspect of these books. Phil is so excited about it, he has a shovel with plus three to digging. <laughs> is that? Okay. No, that's not a sad uh, is that at a all. Thing? Can, can, I buy, can I go to the Dungeons & Dragons store in the Dungeons & Dragons game and buy a plus three shovel? Please, please, please say yes. Absolutely. Okay. Here. I'm going to roll to buy the shovel. You fail. There are no shovels to buy. This is nothing like our podcast. Absolutely not. Listen to Alzebo Soup at alzebosoup.libsyn.com or where all fine podcasts can be found. We're talking about iTunes. And Spotify. All right, and we are back. Jeremy, what do you want to do at this point? My character looks at the control panel. It's like, well, nothing my rifle can't handle. All right. <laughs> I'll actually give you a point for using it because that's one of yeah, your... Yeah, that's one yeah, of the cues. One of your cues, so there you go. All right, so combat roll, I guess. Or do I roll the 12? And then... Go ahead and roll the 12 for this okay. one because you're not attacking somebody. You're trying to okay. muscle past a product. Prog- 13. 13. <laughs> <Yeah>. 19. <laughs> <laughs> I had a chance. Had, there was so a chance. <laughs> there was a chance. Yes. There was a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. So you're telling me you're going to spend a... Yeah, well, so I, just I don't got know one. why he was like take over the guns. Because yes, you do. It was on comms. Put what two did, and two what together. Did you say? Genius boy. No, what no, did you no, say? No, he said take over the guns. But before that, you heard a uh, whatever. Yeah, I heard him say, "There's today's a good day to die." Uh huh. That's all that you've heard. All right. So, yeah. Yes. It looks like the munitions that are firing off are coming at a higher rate of speed now. Oh. Yeah. How are you going to deal with that? Well, I can't shoot the gun and pilot at the same time. Right. So, I'm going pilot. Okay. I'm in the pilot's chair, so. Uh, really, did you come back to me? No, yeah, I ran back and was like, wait, wait, wait. Ten. Fifteen. Why is this place closed? Uh, cockpit, guns, now. But I don't wanna! <laughs> While you guys are having this argument, all of a sudden, it feels like the bottom has dropped out from underneath you. The ship starts spinning around oh, and around great. and around and around. It got hit from behind, and because you had moved up... From it, behind? Yeah. They shot back <laughs> from the rocket and hit the back, like where the fins are. Because he was above, it set the ship spinning around. So it kind of looks like, you know, the clock... So are we, are we in a rifle spin or an end-over-end spin? End-over-end. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's probably. Yeah, that's that's awful. I love this game. This is so amazing. <laughs> well, I'm going to try to stop the spin. Well, that was a ten. Twenty-two. So you succeed. Yeah, you succeeded. You're in the spin, but it's thrown you a good twenty kilometers higher than you actually were before. Okay. So now you're going to have to work harder to make up the speed. All right, it is your turn, sir. The whole reason I'm here is to get to my robot because I need him. So you're trying to convince him to let you help him? Yes. Go ahead and roll charisma. So during that spin, 
Ken has braced himself hanging on to something. Okay. I guess upside down at that point, and is like, do we want to stay like this forever? Cockpit, guns, now! You're the gunner! He's trying to convince you with the two. Do I need to oppose? No, I'll I'll oppose. Do I I still need to do the base thing? Yes. Okay. Six. Eighteen. Am I opposing you or him? The way that it works for opposition roles is what we're so used to is you oppose the person that you're going. But the way that this system has it set up, when you make a roll, then the lead narrator is the one who makes the opposing roll. Okay. So I know it's a little counterintuitive to the way that we normally do things, but that's how this system sets it up. Okay. So, yeah. He just rolled horribly to try and convince you to let him stay. So, all of a sudden you feel really kind of... <sighs> he doesn't want me. I'm going to try to mind control him to get back to the guns of the ship. Okay. It's actually Mike's turn at, okay. the, at the moment. So, Was the bot... <laughs> did the bot move when the ship moved? The bot actually locked down. It has claws. It has like a gyroscope on the inside and when that started going off kilter it locked into place with metal piercing claws makes sense i guess we're not super attached no so are you wearing your gravity boots i'm wearing my full spacesuit yeah then yes your gravity boots push you down towards whatever you're both locked into place but you've got this horrible sense of vertigo now seeing that it's uh locked down in place i think i'm going to take a low sweep with the axe and try to just cut through its legs okay Six. So you're actually going to do damage. It does four ticks. You actually manage to sweep through and knock it down. You see, like, when it tries to get up, that there's sparks coming from its left leg. The human knee would be where the joint is. It's starting to spark from there, and it looks like it's lost stability. Awesome. Ken. Yes. You are still trying to get through the door to where the actual combat is happening. Mm -hmm. The the hand-to-hand combat. Please let me help. Whiny boy is on his way back up to the the cockpit. Yes. I did not leave. (laughs) I'm still trying to get to my robot. Well, I'm going to just use brawn and try and just pry it open. Okay. Fourteen. I got a seven. Nice. You are able to force the doors open. You hear this as like Jura glass shatters and shards of it like actually pelt off of your arms and shoulders and stuff like that, but you just don't notice. As you open the door, you feel this <sighs> sucking you into the room. Yes, because you have exposed the rest of the ship. It wasn't like fully decompressed. No, but you're feeling the pull of the air going through. It's not a full decompression, but it's enough to tug on you. Okay. Alright. You need to make up the distance that you lost. But I need somebody to target these things while I pilot. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the Wunderkind is very focused on his priorities. So, I wasn't worried about I'm not the gunner. Yeah, I was, I was worried about the gunner. <laughs> Your best friend is in the room here with me. Yeah. So. I was going to uh, try memory manipulation. Benji is in that room. Lassie is in that room. Yeah, oh, I tried memory manipulation yeah. on Ken. Arm the guns. Okay. What's that memory manipulation? Yeah. I forgot that there's a, another threat right in front of me. Well, no, it's refocus of what your priorities would be. I'll allow it for the sake of enjoyment. For the sake of enjoyment. No, no, seven. Seven. Come on. Fifteen. 
I'm, I'm rooting for Jordan's rules. This I don't like this system. <laughs> that's, that's counter to <laughs> So you hear, you feel like this tingling in the back of your mind, like, man, I really need to shoot big space rocks or something, but I, I can't. I gotta focus. I gotta focus. And so you stay where you are, and you start climbing into the airlock to deal with issues. Isaac, I'm climbing in there after him. Okay. I got into my robot. Roll me brawn. The push of the air, leaving and everything like that is making it a hazardous environment. Uh, 12. Wait, wait, wait. You roll the one on the your second. second one. Oh, yeah. So he's lucky. Okay, so you succeed, but he would have succeeded anyway because I rolled a six. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff, you are clambering in the room and you see this monster from robotic hell trying to chop up the Amazonian... And unfortunately, it looks like it, in all of the topsy-turviness of the spin, mm -hmm. it has actually detached the webbing, the crash webbing that was holding your ro robot into place. You can see it moving forward as like it's being pushed through by the escaping air. I run over and climb in. <laughs> well, you can do that on your next as I turn. Can. Yep. Mike, it is your turn. Is it detached from its feet? No, it is not detached from its feet, but it looks very unstable. How much does it look like it weighs? Seven thousand ounces. <laughs> I'd say it looks like it weighs at between 150 and 200 kilos. And I guess the hole it came through is bigger than it, so... Yes. It's not going to plug the hole. So this has to be a decent-sized hole. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of air being sucked out. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to just kind of whirl my axe up over my head and come straight down on him. Okay. Five. You're taking that plus one bonus I gave you? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, I rolled a five as well. Look at that. Let's go ahead and do another roll. Three. Two. <laughs> so describe how this damage looks. There is um, a split in the outer casing now of its chest. As I kind of slice through the outer shell of it, there's some sparking from the inner workings and a purple goo the edge of the axe and gets slung against the floor and wall. Okay. And there's uh, uh, not really a shriek from it, but the you said there were eyes, right? No, no eyes. It's got like a one of those glow balls with the. I would imagine that it has Almost sensors. Silent yeah, but uh, the sensor, I would imagine, there's like a circular thing on the chest. Okay. A little bit lower than where the head okay. is. That is now cracked and dimming. Okay. And you did four damage to it as well. Yell out when I do that. I do this for Mars. For Mars! If you were not wearing your space helmet, you would notice that there's this acrid stench as mm. the metal that on the deck starts to dissolve where the purple blue hit it. I was afraid you would think of that. Yeah, I thought of that. Was trying too. to steer him away from that, the descriptors, it didn't work. <laughs> as soon as he's like the purple goo, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> We know you too well now. <laughs> I give you guys your own rope. It's supposed to be that non-reactive oil that we have. <laughs> you see Thorgar locked in combat with a robot with buzzsaw hands. Uh, Ken, you are into the hatch now? or Yes. So you're in the EVA room. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Well, 
since I was in the room and seeing and smelling the stench that's coming from, I don't want to get any of that stuff on me. Mm -hmm. I initially was going to just brawl it, but now I'm going to uh, shoot and go for um, one of its buzz saws. Okay. With my dark plasmic rifle. All right, go ahead and blast away. Three. Four. Uh, plot point. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm going to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> and that does four damage. All right. Just so you all know, you have completely knocked through its armor, so now it's going to start taking health damage. So, from my readout, how much of a power boost am I getting from what he did in the engine? You're adding about a thousand kilometers per hour to the boost with the work that he's done. So it's a good amount, but not quite enough. And the coolant is working efficiently? Yes, the coolant is working efficiently. But you see a red light on the dashboard that indicates that O2 throughout the ship is dropping. If something is not done within the next minute, then it's going to have to start tapping into the reserve tank. I'm just trying to say if I want to blow this thing up or out closer to it. <laughs> if you blow it up, you're never going to find out what the actual transmissions are. Yes, I know. If I don't blow it up, it may kill us all. You don't trust me? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to pilot as close as I can. Okay. Ten. I rolled a twelve. So we're not going any closer. Unless you want to use a plot point. We'll say you have three more rolls to make to get closer. Okay. If you don't spend one now, then you're be delaying the third. third. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to delay it. Okay. Jeff, it's your turn. As long as it's not getting further away I from climb in, seal it up, get things working. Yeah. Okay. Off. And I want to... Take an interior panel and okay. put it over the hole. Okay. To no. try and stem the release of the air. Go ahead and make a roll. 16. Mm-hmm. 18. You managed to cover about half of the hole, but you'll need at least another piece of paneling. Your turn, Thogar. So I just swung it down overhead, you know, cut through it. The optical readout is starting to dim. There's yeah. purple goo flying everywhere, dissolving parts of the ship. I imagine I was standing over it. I'm going to kind of step to one side and, and swing the axe the other way and try to use it like a golf club to punt the robot out of the ship. Okay. Six. One. Nice. So you managed to scoop it out of the, uh, out of the floor, and it actually hits the lower part of the thing that he just put up, and he slides to the ground, not out but he's definitely looking like he's he's really hurt now. What, four damage? Yeah, four damage. <clears throat> All right, it is your turn, Ken. I'm going to shoot it. <laughs> okay, I shoot. appreciate your bluntness. <laughs> the five. I rolled seven. Oh, come on. Like, it sees the shot coming up, and it manages to get one buzzsaw up and reflects it back up out through the hole right above its head. A little trick ricochet. Like, you know like how the orc throws the knife at Aragorn in the movie and he mm -hmm. knocks it down with the sword? Which was a blooper because the knife was real and was not supposed to have been thrown. Um, <laughs> like the yeah. stuntman messed up and 
he just managed to knock it down with the sword. They kept, yeah. They kept that in the movie. That's a good actor because if I did that and I was like, bang, I'm like, did you just say that? Yes. <laughs> well, that was the look on his face. Yeah, though. it was. You can see, like, he actually glanced at where he hit it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> so anyway, that's what he does. He Aragorn's your your shot. Yeah, okay. All right, KL, you need to get the, cl- yep. the ship closer. All right. This has been a whole battle for you. Five, <laughs> nine. We'll leave that. Nineteen. All right. I use a point this time. Okay. Yay. Two more. You haven't even gotten to this thing yet. I know. This is great. Uh huh. It is Isaac's turn. I'm going to grab a, another interior panel and cover up the rest of the hole. Okay. Go ahead and roll brawn for me. Succeed. Succeed. Succeed with my luck. Perfect. Do you see, for those of you that are listening, Jeff is the only person that has hit their luck number twice. twice. Yes. Because it is a one. Because, because it's a one. one. <laughs> Too good. <laughs> Jeff, this is your this character. This is the character for me. I fumble by any other name. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> what is it, um, Call of Cthulhu, where ones are always automatic successes too? Mm-hmm. Jeff should play that. <laughs> yes. All right. Dogar, your your quarry is sitting on the floor, kind of hunched over, just having deflected a bolt, and which is amazing because think of the cinematics of this. It just deflected a bolt up, and then, boom, another robot slams a plate into place, sealing the hole. Is there any idea how, like, uh, hand-to-hand combat works? You would roll, instead of rolling your Axe Master specialty, uh-huh. you just roll straight up combat. Right, okay, so as far as damage, what are we thinking? That's from a metagame perspective, I'm looking at, you know, how do I cause a can lot I, of damage? Can I hold this? My character sheet has hand-to-hand as especially, but doesn't give a how to do damage. Yeah. Especially when you think about how iconic fist fights were in 1950s sci-fi, like... Yeah. The Captain Kirk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> double, double fist. <laughs> I like radar men from the moon. So How many the, clo- fist fights there were the closest thing, the closest thing that I'm seeing is a engineer who uses a wrench as a weapon. Okay. Uh, and he does one damage. And that's the same as my red steel knife does. So. Yeah. So if you want to use a knife, that's okay, but it would be better in terms no, of. I think, I think tactically and cinematographically, it's it's just as good to use the axe. Yeah. So. I'm going to step in behind his, his one buzz saw and just heave at the shoulder. The joint? Yeah. Okay. Three. Eight. <laughs> so it manages to, like, kind of dodge out of the way. I'm sorry. I guess over the years of playing together, we should have realized that I'm the anti-Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's all right. Which is good, because Jeff, when you fail... Jordan doesn't even get a chance to roll. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it manages to jerk out of the way, and there's this huge screeching noise as your axe just scratches down the panels that have been put into place. Whoops. You could have just <laughs> flown out into space. <laughs> Alright, well we will find out what happens next time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower's Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, Mike, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it, 
or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook and Google+. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. <laughs>